What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. Happy holidays, and then we're coming up on the new year. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed, you know, vacation time, whatever time you've had off, or any time you've had to spend on your family. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. We've been off for a couple of weeks uh, in terms of Hero Talk, and it's good to be back talking about the stuff we love, of course. Joining me today are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, what is up, fam? What's up, EJ? So, of course, um, you know, as you said, happy holidays to everybody listening. Um, you know, I hope you all enjoyed spending time with your family and all that good stuff. Um, uh, I mean, I had a, a good week as well. I had a, a birthday recently and, um, you know, Star Wars came out, which that was, of course, you know, uh, listen to Imperial Broadcast and you will. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. If you guys, if you guys love Star Wars, man, and you really have strong feelings about uh, Rise of Skywalker, um, Kendall and Shamari uh, had me on. They did a great job uh, hosting that show. We have a full review show. It's over two hours. So if you really want to hear a deep dive, this is the podcast to listen to. So it's on the same channel. It was probably one of the last things we recorded. So if you just go to the same channel, New Generation Podcast Network, you can find that. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into Hero Talk, talking about some of these uh, um, upcoming movies, all the all the things speculated that are going to be coming out. So I'm looking forward to it. Kendall joins me as well. Kendall, uh, how are you feeling coming in today's show? Uh, what's up, guys? You know, it was very uh, very interesting week. You know, we haven't hadn't done this in a minute, so you know a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, Watchmen happened. So, you know, yes. we have to we'll have to get into that at the end. But, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of interesting things to talk about. So I'm excited. Definitely excited to do the show. And before we even continue, as Kendall said, we got to do Watchmen. We also got to talk uh, about some stuff involving Deadpool, which we'll get to in a second. Um, some DC movies, things we're learning about, some Sony movies we're learning about, and even some Disney Plus uh, properties. So. This should be a really exciting show. Before we get into all that, I gotta I gotta tell you guys, man, we've reached a new plateau on New Generation Media. We reached a new plateau because we have a scoop. <laughs> that is right, people. Yep. We have a scoop or something that uh, has been learned by someone on New Generation Media. That is myself right here, EJ. And it's some of the things you've heard online already, though it hasn't been you know circulated out there you know as you guys know we do this show this is a, a commentary show we're not a scoop show we're not trying to break news per se at least that's not where we are at the <laughs> yes. moment um not yet so we're, we're so yeah so we're commentary so we hear news we hear rumors we hear reports and we we give our analysis on what we think of it so we're in a rare air right now because i actually learned very interesting details about a movie that's coming out not that far from now in fact actually it's coming out a little bit away from now which is why these details are interesting so um, it's about the Batman. So obviously, can't say who gave it to me or where, where it's coming from, but I can tell you what I'm hearing. And I can't give you everything I'm hearing. I'm going to give you the, the bare bones of what I'm hearing. But a little bit of what I'm hearing is, number one, you've probably seen some of the early reporting. It hasn't been a lot. We see some of us saying that, oh, shooting may have began. It's happening. Shooting for the Batman is happening. Um, that I, I can, can independently confirm. That that is indeed the case. Um, people are out in London. Um, they're in Europe. And they're filming. They they, they have been filming. Um, at least the first few days of the stuff. And what's interesting, guys, is a couple of things. Number one, 
what's also been widely reported, Rose Gallery of Villains. True, is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing you're going to have a plethora of villains. The villains that you've heard often in this kind of, uh, in this deal, whether it be Penguin, whether it be Harvey Dent, whether it be Riddler, those are some of the names I also was hearing in regards to who you'll be seeing in this movie. Um, also, expect... Uh, expect what I'll say is I, I'll say expect a, a un, not necessarily a, a a unorthodox storytelling method to kind of push the narrative because it's not because it is it's unorthodox but it's something we've seen before I don't want to give it away but it, they're, they're going to use a very specific uh, mean to kind of push forward different major plot points in the story which is why I was able to understand what was happening and why they were started filming um and i think maybe the most important thing that i feel like i can say that i think was most interesting is right now the scripting process not exactly entirely complete which that's been a big question we talked about here has been uh when's the script done is it done what's he doing what is he working on it and that we talked about that you know actually you know during the show and actually i wanted to do it during the co-open but i kind of forgot i wanted to ask you guys about the top storylines of this year um on this show and one of the storylines we kept talking about was the script for the batman was where is it how far is he going why are we hearing anything what's the story points and we now know we have really almost an entire cast like we know pretty much who everyone is at this point and yet from what i'm what i'm understanding is even during these early very early shooting days which again shooting in uh you know early december and having a movie that's coming out in summer of 2021, that's very early. And during this the, this process, apparently they were working out a lot of different things. And that Reeves, who's also not only the director, but the screenwriter, was changing things pretty much on the fly, is what I was hearing. So, wow. those are some of the early... I know more stuff, but I cannot... I'm not going to give it all away. Um, I want to be respectful, obviously. But I wanted to kind of confirm a lot of things you've heard, which was the villains and um, and the fact that they are filming, that they're in London. Uh, at least they had been in, you know, in London. And I wanted to give you a little bit of the sneak into regards to what the process has been so far, which is the uh, the scripting being very much unique, I think. I don't know. I'm not a Hollywood person. I've never worked on a movie, but I've never heard of a movie where they're writing and rewriting the script as they're filming. Never heard of that before. Not in any of the movies we've covered on this show. So those are the scoops I will give you guys. The more stuff that comes or more stuff that gets confirmed, maybe, that you guys hear in the news, that I can say that, yes, I heard that myself. I will do that. But I don't want to give away anything that I shouldn't. So that's all I will say for now. Uh, Shamari, your thoughts on any of the stuff I, I just mentioned on the show? Um... Uh, well, my first thought is I'm glad you didn't just uh, rush over to Reddit and just, uh, <laughs> you know, just leak no. everything <laughs> possible nah, nah, we're classy here. Nah, <laughs> on the new generation Reddit account. Just everything <laughs> that we've heard. No. Um, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, you know, I and I've said this many times, you know, um, uh, I loved the Planet of the Apes trilogy. I think it's borderline masterful work. And I trust Matt Reeves. It's, I agree, it is strange that they're kind of chained in the story on the fly. Though at the same time, 
if they're trying to go with a rogues gallery approach, you know what? If what they're doing at the current point isn't working and they want to change it, change it. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want them to just be like, this is what we're going to do. And then they're shooting it and you're like, ah, this doesn't work. Now, yeah. here's what I also can say before mm-hmm. you continue. What they were working on probably was the thing that would be most you'd be most capable of writing on the fly and changing. Mm, okay. I can't give any more than that. But I would just say the, the aspect that they were shooting, the, it still to me was bizarre. And 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 the people who, where I'm hearing this from, they also thought it was surprising. So I don't want to minimize the, the surprise nature of it. But I don't want to, I don't want people thinking that uh, Pattinson's doing a line and, you know, he's just telling, no, come over here, we're writing something different. I, I can't say that's happening. But there are aspects of the movie that they are writing and rewriting as they're going along that are just fascinating, considering you would think that at this point, if you're filming anything, the script is pretty much set in stone. Right. Yeah. If there's anything you could rewrite, this would maybe be it. Also, one thing to be clear on that note that I'll also give, this will be the last thing, would be, but the fact that it's because it's such a malleable process the 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 figures that have been involved in the early shooting have an understanding that they may need to be back within months to do a reshoot of what they've already done. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, yeah, that is very interesting. Now, I again, I'm not uh, too discouraged um, uh, by what I'm hearing, and also. Um, uh, and and like I was saying before, I'm I'm glad he's not, you know, because we also don't want it to be too like, you know, this is what the story is, and then, you know, in seeing the original cut, they have to reshoot half of the movie. I mean, that may not be what we want, you know, because a lot of times that ends up being very messy as well, and and you can clearly see the part that was reshot, and it just doesn't look like a part of the original cut. And, um, you know, you get something like what we got in Justice League, you know, or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I mean, look, they're kind of taking a more free-flowing approach uh, to the filming process. And at least it seems like they planned for, and I know these, always, these directors always plan for reshoots, but it seems like they're at least very much planning for, you know, having, you know, a more malleable kind of story. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, with so many people involved, I'm glad they're not... You know, they're kind of filming different versions of things and maybe, you know, playing with it or playing around with this script in that way. So I'm I'm excited. Everything that I'm hearing, I'm still very excited. Um, I'm not too alarmed. Um, you know, again, seeing what Reeves is able to do with Planet of the Apes, man, it, it, masterful work. So, so I, I think the Batman is in good hands personally. And I think Pattinson, um, it's funny, I actually re- finished watching the movie The King on Netflix. Uh, that has Pattinson playing the Prince of France, and he did a fantastic job mm-hmm. um, in that movie. Uh, and I also want to see him in The Lighthouse, which I heard uh, he was great in that movie as well, along with Willem Dafoe. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I'm nothing but excited. And I'm glad I'm glad to be hearing that they're filming already. Yeah, kind of. I would love to join Sham on one of these uh, Robert Pattinson deep dives. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got to join with that. But what do you what do you make, Kendall, of of any of this uh, information? Yeah, it's just it's it's interesting because like a lot of the people, a lot of the fans are they like a lot of people think filming starts in like three weeks for this movie. 
Now, I don't know if, like, that means, like, mm. like someone like Robert Pattinson hasn't, like, stepped on set yet, or I don't mm-hmm. know, but, like, you know, it, it, it's it's definitely news to a lot of people that filming uh, has started, and it, it's just, it's interesting, you know, it's it's a misdirect uh, on Warner Brothers' <laughs> uh, part, but... Um, but no, a lot of these, a lot of the, the nuggets, uh, are interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they juggle having so many villains in a movie, um, and what that means, and, you know, it's just, it's just, it's gonna be exciting. You know, I, I'm excited for this movie, but, uh, still plenty of time, um, before we, before we get more information on it, and, you know, obviously we, we, we may or may not get more scoops mm. on this movie because uh we got my my guy scoop ej out here <laughs> no, but um but no yeah you know these are either interesting little nuggets um you know obviously like ej ej's withholding more but uh yeah because yeah because you know you don't want to get in the spoiler you don't want to get you know any of that stuff but right right, right. um and it's not like i know what the movie is like i'm very clear i don't know like, oh you know yeah, i've seen act, the script you know, <laughs> you know two-faced dies like, i don't know anything like that <laughs> um this is a little a little detail that i think that if it's me to be honest if you was a fan i probably would want to just see but uh there's things to ex- i definitely am expecting after what i heard beyond what i've told you guys just now um, that would be interesting to see, and things from things that kind of alluded to without saying that I meant to see how they develop it. Overall, I mean, what I heard, I, I don't feel badly about anything I heard. Um, the script thing was a little interesting, but like I said, I, I kind of took it as based on what they were working on. I felt like okay, I could see him maybe maybe the script is dumb, but maybe this aspect of it, I could see him maybe saying okay, actually maybe I need to play this part up more, or maybe I want to change how this person is gonna talk about this. So. I could see, I could see him being like, let's try a different thing and see how it works. And if none of it works, then maybe we gotta just go back to the drawing board a little bit. Um, I, I don't expect that this aspect, rather the whole script is like that. I would, I would hope not. That would be a little more alarming. But I do also commend them. I think they're being smart because if they do want to try something, like I said, what they're doing, I think is, 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 is like, I, I don't want to say it's completely unorthodox because I don't know exactly how heavy-handed or how often this aspect of storytelling is going to be used. If it's used a lot, a lot, then yeah, that's that would be pretty unorthodox. But if it's, it's twinkled in, sprinkled in a little bit, like that's something, it's something you've seen, but maybe this will be a little bit more of a larger, maybe a little bit of a larger presence than maybe you've seen in other movies. Um, like I said, this became a thing where this is how the whole movie was going. I'd maybe feel like, ah, I don't know. I, I want you to kind of have a kind of a direct vision of where you feel like your story is going and maybe because he's kind of fine tweaking the last bits of it he feels like um he wants after the freedom to maybe change a couple of things but um i i, I dig the rose gallery like i said i think that that's the smart way to go um i think movies like batman and robin and batman uh be, uh batman forever mm-hmm. i think they kind of skewed our vision of what it's uh of what it means to have too many villains um, I think those movies, there are a lot of other movies that you can talk about, anime movies also, you know, where it's like, oh, this movie had too many villains, you know, we need five, three or four villains, like it just became convoluted and people didn't get their shine. I feel like someone like Batman or like even a Spider-Man to me, like those are the kind of characters that cameos from their Rose Gallery absolutely can be used very well and they absolutely can make sense. Um, 
as long as you're being honest with how you're using the characters. Like, to me, you still have to have someone who's an overarching villain or the overarching person, but you can absolutely throw in, uh, you know, to me, the best the best example I can think of is um, what we saw in Civil War and what we saw in um, um, Winter Soldier, where, you know, yes, of course, Winter Soldier is the main villain and Rob Redford is the main villains of Winter Soldier, but also, you know, you got Valtrek the Leaper, you know, in a really great scene where is Captain America just doing the Captain America stuff mm-hmm. and he fights Baltrock or GSP in, you know, or yes he, and yeah the George St. Pierre um USC champion former USC champion in uh Civil War you had the scene with um with uh what's the name uh Crossbones yeah and how that sets up the story and that's a, again I love that scene great scene like like to me like that's what a superhero comic book is all about like to me like that's more authentic than like just saying I mean you can do just oh we're doing one villain and we're not showing anyone else but to be honest, a lot of times you read a comic book or you read, you watch a comic book cartoon, oftentimes, yes, these other villains are getting sprinkled in here and there, you know, whether it be a prison scene or something like that, or maybe they just, maybe they beat this guy to get to someone else. Like, it's, so I, I think that Batman makes the most sense to do that. You just gotta be smart. You can't do what you did with, you know, you know, Bane, Poison Ivy, and Mr. Freeze all kind of working together in a pseudo weird way, and they're all villains, and they're all and the plan for either of them, any of them really isn't all that clear. Like, that's a mess. But if you do it in a smart way, you can absolutely use... I don't think there's a, a number that's too many, to be honest. Like, I mean, maybe you get to the point where you're just feeling, okay, like, you don't want to just do fan service where you just spot that guy, spot this guy, spot that guy. But I think that um, I think that what he's doing is ambitious, and I, I, I'm all for it. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least it's different, you know? Yeah. Any last, any last thoughts on this, champ? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm very, very excited. Um, I mean, I think Pattinson is kind of reaching an apex in his film career. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was, it's, I read also that he found out he was playing Batman while he was filming Tenet with Christopher Nolan. And yes, he, was, yeah. he was, he was asking Nolan for tips about playing Batman. And I'll be a coincidence. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The Warner Brothers family. Oh God! Here we go. Okay, conspiracy you theory. Know, Nolan <laughs> got a great relationship with Warner Brothers. Uh, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's coincidence. But I mean, it's but it's like I feel like this is the this is the moment for him to kind of step up. And boy, I think this could be something special. So uh, this is all very very exciting stuff. Yeah, I. That's the. I tell you what, you say something special. I I, I feel like that's the that's kind of the vibe I was getting. Like. Like the people embarking on this project, um, I think they, I think that the whole team is really excited about where they may be going with it. Um, it's just a matter of execution, and mm-hmm. and I actually you guys made the case that maybe a lot of movies that way, but I, I just this feels big time to me. Like you know, I, I've talked to some people. Not this is not people I, I know anything, but just like fans who talk to me, you know, ask me about movies, and I'll talk about stuff that's coming out, and I'll, I'll mention the Batman. And I'll be honest, I, I think that oh, from the super super hardcore nerd fan, I think that people are excited. But I think from kind of the the, the average fan, I think a lot of the people are kind of like, oh, another Batman movie. How's this one different? Rob Pattinson, the guy from Twilight. Like I think that they kind of scoff a little bit when they hear about it, especially with what. They dealt with with Batfleck, and um, I think those people will end up being surprised. I'll be honest. Right now, I have good vibes about the film because I feel like Warner Brothers and Reeves and everyone involved seems to have really good vibes about their film. Um, and 
again, to me, I, the only thing where I can use is big time. This just feels like a big time project. And I think that the fact that they're going uh, big with like who they're trying to put in this movie, I'm, I'm all for it. But I, I do want to move on now to talk about Deadpool 3 because we did get uh, some interesting news regarding this in, in, in a confirmation from the man himself, Ryan Reynolds, saying that uh, Deadpool 3 is in fact in development and being worked on currently by Marvel. So he was, uh, he was doing Kelly and Ryan over this uh, right before Christmas, and he came out and pretty much said, yep, it's happening. He said, quote, yeah, we're working on it right now with the whole team. We're over at Marvel, uh, which is like the big leagues all of a sudden. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah, we're working on it. So we, we heard little things about how he met with Iger and, and met with Feige. And we've heard a little chatter about, you know, what's that, that that would be coming. We also got news this week that, you know, on the flip side, with where, while the project is being worked on, one of the main pieces of the first two movies is not going to be a part of it this time. So... Uh, Emma Watts, who was who was a producer on Deadpool, is leaving the third installment of the film now that uh, Kevin Feige has a uh, has taken taken over. So I don't know if you know it's one of those things where it's like uh, you know <laughs> uh, you know Heath Ledger Joker, where it's like you know he breaks a pool stick and he's like we're gonna have tryouts, and then <laughs> and Feige's like picking off certain people he doesn't want on the project. Or if Emma Watts decided, you know, we created this to the best for me to just move on. I'm not really, See, I, I, really a part of this. I, I interpret that as, uh, like in sports, you know, a new owner buys a team. And he's like, well, I like this team. I like the coach. And, you know, maybe I like the, the G. Maybe I like the, the coach. Maybe I like some of the players. But uh, the GM's out. You know, I want to get my own guy in here. Like, she, like, and, like. I think I like I think Feige I think Iger and Feige feel like this movie will survive without an, another voice, you know, kind of getting in the way more or less. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like Feige's gonna pick the director, likely won't be Tim Miller. Uh, I don't even who directed Deadpool two. I forget. Um, I forget too. To I be forget. honest, yeah. Um, I guess you got that. Why you guys? Why you talking? But about you know, like whether or not we get a, a new director for Deadpool three. Um, Maybe it's Ryan Reynolds, something we have to consider as well. But um, David Leach, yeah, David Leach. Uh, right. Leech, so, yeah. like, maybe he will come back. Maybe they move Ryan Reynolds to a director spot. He will probably continue to continue on as a producer. Um, I, I expect though that this will be more Marvel than what we've seen. Uh, I do think that it'll, the continuity will be on some level the same, but. It'll be part of the story that, like, he's in the MCU now, and it's going to be part of the joke, and some of it's going to be the same. And There'll be a lot of fourth wall breaking. This is a very easy thing to do, I think, for them. This is the easiest Fox character transition to the MCU, so it makes sense that he's the first one that they're going to do. And the, the question I have is, do they use Deadpool as being the first Fox character uh, to be used in the MCU? Seemingly, uh, do we think that they will use Deadpool to introduce or like explain the introduction of the X Men and or Fantastic Four, or is he going to be completely in his own? Yeah, uh, I I don't think so. That's my opinion. I think that um, 
because like we talked about this before, I, I feel like Deadpool to me, uh, there's a great argument. Both of you guys have made it to me about on this show uh, for why Deadpool makes the most sense to um, start with in terms of the Fox characters, and, and for that reason, they do it the way you guys do it. I would probably say, okay, maybe it could work, but I, I think that if you're trying to bridge Deadpool to those other characters, I think it's too much because Deadpool is so oddball. And we're supposed to be taking the Fantastic Four and X-Men seriously moving forward. I just don't know if my interest in the character should be something so oddball like Deadpool. I think that I want it to be a lot more serious, a lot more. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it should be something that's way more, uh, that has way more stakes, way more importance. Not to say Deadpool isn't important. He's one of my all-time favorite characters, anybody who knows me. But I, I just don't know if that's the way I'm doing that. I don't think that you know, you know, an introduction to Fantastic Four is to be some oddball comment by Deadpool or some oddball reference, or he shows up to the Baxter Building or something. I, I don't want that. It yeah. could happen, but I, I, I think I think that would be kind of corny. That's my opinion. Yeah, I don't anticipate that either. I mean, they may have some like a side joke towards it. In fact, I expect there will be. Right, because he's Deadpool. A reference, yeah, a reference to mutants and maybe fan, four. So, fanta- oh, you guys respect the X Men. Maybe huh? four fantastic people or something. I don't <laughs> right, know, right, but right. but but I don't think it's going to be anything serious where they show up. Yeah, or, or like, like mutants or characters are turned into mutants. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anything that significant is going to occur. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is. I mean, when it comes to Emma Watts not being around, I mean, I. I kind of agree with Kendall. I mean, I know kind of you told me before you like listen. You know, heads will roll. Yes. At at Disney and 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 20th Century Fox. Yeah, Fox <laughs> you know, man. uh, people are no longer going to be around. They bought the assets. They did not buy the people. It's, yeah, there you go. You know, that's that's, that's how these 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 uh, that's how these buyouts, these, these mergers, mergers, these takeovers. These, yeah, company takeover. That's how they work. You know, so this yeah. is uh, you know one of the Ryan Reynolds is an asset, so they can go. keep him. Yeah, keep him. He Emma is Watts he is the asset. He's not an asset. Deadpool. No one yeah. is going to see a Deadpool movie because of Emma Watts. So yeah, and according to not according to Variety, Watts will still be producing some of the other major Fox properties, Fox movies that yeah, are still he, coming out, yeah, coming I don't, out I don't under doubt. under yeah. Disney. But just Deadpool, that's that's not going to happen. I don't know if it's because she's been fired, she, she left, what the situation is. If there was a tryout situation, um, like I mentioned in, in, in tongue-in-cheek, but regardless, Deadpool will no longer be part of her yeah. catalog. And, and Iger's got his own people. Or not Iger, yeah. um, Feige. Feige's got yeah, well, Iger. Iger, Iger yeah, has both his people of them, too. Yeah. But, but Feige's one of Iger's people. But Feige yeah. has his own people. Yeah. You know, Feige, he has his people that he knows that he would want to work on these kinds of movies um, and on the other Marvel Studios projects. So, I mean, and he knows he's got people that have been waiting for an opportunity like this to be working on Deadpool and who have been licking their chops, hoping that right. they get Deadpool. He's got a lot um, of friends in Hollywood. That are calling a lot. Get me on a Marvel movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Get me on a Marvel movie. Yeah. So, actors, actresses, producers, directors. Yeah. So, you know. So, um, so yeah. I mean, this is. Uh, I'm not surprised um, that she won't be working on Deadpool. You know. Um, but, uh, but I'm just excited to hear that this movie is already being being uh, being worked Look, on. Ryan Reynolds is is Deadpool, so that means Channing Tatum's gonna be Gambit. No, relax. 
That deserves, that deserves a big relax. Channing Tatum's Deadpool. Channing Tatum's Gambit has to be one of the most wasted segments we've ever talked about on this show. There's a lot of wasted time. You must have taken. You must have wasted about two, three hours of our life. I mean, talking about. I mean, according to Channing Tatum's according Gambit to the show. trades, he was Gambit. He was Gambit. It I mean, was gonna happen. You know, he was showing up to movie premieres with the mustache and the slick hair, and you know, he he was doing photo shoots. I never Gambit Gambit shirts. I never quite understood why his look for Gambit included anything involving facial hair because I don't think anybody thinks of. Gambit yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe strange. some scruff, but he was coming out with like yeah, maybe scruff. Yeah, 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 he had like the yeah, yeah, the real yeah. French look, you know. I think that's what they were going for, but <laughs> like French, but you know, it looked like Zlatan. But I don't know, you know, I. <laughs> but I feel like yeah, but that was just that was, that has to be one of the most wasted topics we've ever discussed on this show. Hey man, that's the nature of the beast. But you're you're right, yeah. I mean, because nothing is coming out of that. Nothing will, will come out of that, most likely. But we definitely spent a lot of time on it. Um, I, I, look, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I think one of the things to think about is we know that Watts uh, and, and, and you know Reynolds and their conversations and you know Reynolds' entire conversation with Fox is that he had a ton of creative control. It may be unprecedented amount of creative control. Yeah. Uh, in regards to like what the movie was going to be, how the movie was going to be made. You mentioned the case that you know maybe he'll end up being the director. I don't know if he'll do that. I, I don't know if he has those kind of technical chops. But I mean, he could be a writer. Like he may get a writing credit in this next movie. Like I can see that for sure. Um, yeah, he could definitely get a producer credit. I can see that for sure. But this it could be the reason why I bring this up though is because he never faced. Not to say this it's got to be adversarial, but he's never worked with anyone like Feige, who is very hands on and and does have visions for how he wants things to go no he's, he's, he's not going like Feige wasn't going to you know robert down and saying hey what do you what do you want to do like that's the impression i get at least right, right, right um like like he wasn't going to chris evans say hey he called all of his plays right Feige's <laughs> calling the plays and those guys believe in what he's doing like reynolds was calling the plays at fox that yeah. was extremely clear so how does this new working relationship work with the fact that I don't, I would be surprised if I think Feige's going to give, especially when you know Disney is so on edge about is this rated R, is it PG thirteen, right? How how far can we push the right. envelope? You got to. I would imagine that if I was Iger, if you had that feeling, you'd have to make sure that Feige is very much involved in everything that Ryan is planning. And again, Ryan's had a lot of creative control, and they pushed many envelopes, so to speak, uh, with what they did with the first two movies with Deadpool, what's going to happen now that he has kind of big brother watching? No. I'm curious. I don't think Ryan Reynolds, because Ryan Reynolds at the end of the day, I mean, look, money talks, but like he has a lot of, he had, he had a lot of leverage in this because it's going to be hard to do Deadpool without Ryan Reynolds. So That's I don't true. know if he signs up to do this unless he's promised some level of freedom. That's true too. So that's something we have to consider. Um, they did uh, also somewhat Fox related. You see now we're uh, we're supposed to be getting a new mutants trailer next month. So yeah, I, I saw that earlier. Um, that Josh Boone actually essentially yeah tweeted. essentially that Disney is kind of been like all right we're going to move on with this. Yeah, you know, I don't. I do not want to see this movie. Um, if it comes out, it, if it comes out in theaters, it's going to do awfully. But I mean, why not? If you're Disney, like why not release it? We didn't make it. You know, like it's just extra money, but 
I don't. I mean, I don't care to see it. But apparently, people are saying the trailer is good. That's what I've heard. So, I mean, to be honest, the first trailer was was interesting. It was right. I don't want to say good, but it was interesting. It was provocative. So, yeah. So, I don't. I don't know. Like you know, like me. Like the first trailer was very interesting. It was intriguing. I was curious to see what this was going to be because it was nothing like what I think of New Mutants, especially now that I'm reading New Mutants. It's nothing like what I would have thought. So. Um, now the second iteration of New Mutants that has a million reshoots, arguably the whole movie perhaps is probably reshot. Now, a new say this might end up being decent. I don't know. I wouldn't put my money on it, but New Mutants, uh, New Mutants artist Bill Seinquitz said that this new trailer is quote phenomenal. Said it's absolutely stellar. So, I mean, he works for Marvel. Yeah, he does work for Marvel, which, you know, is owned by Disney. Owned by Disney. Which, I mean, look, I, you got to take everything these guys say with a grain of salt when they work for the company. Yeah, man. You know. but, you would, but I would say, though, if this was whack, you would think that if he really put in his... with Marvel would want to just, like, bury anything about this movie. Well, yeah. Now, I know he's not, so. not he, you know, he's a comic book writer. Like, he's not Kevin Feige. He's right-hand man, so I don't right. know. Right, of course. Like, he might not be as beholden to... Yeah, he might feel like, I don't care. Whatever yeah. Disney or Marvel's this company line is. Yeah. So, uh, when we think I, about that, we have to consider that. That's true. Though, I mean, apparently Feige runs the comics division now anyway, as well. I mean, that is... That is <laughs> I mean, I mean well. if, if these reports would be believed that he was running everything now. Um, but I, I don't think Feige would say, oh, go say this about about the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he cares one way or the other about this movie. They are saying it's a full-fledged horror. Full-fledged yeah. horror. Okay. The quote team of him is that he says that uh, uh, it feels more like what Marvel's been doing. But also the horror elements of the film are in place. Hmm. So uh, yeah. not real, still not excited for this movie, but positive. Um, let's let's switch over to DC real quick. So um, there's a lot. I feel like one of the most intriguing pros, uh, projects that we've kind of been keeping our eye on has been the Suicide Squad, because this is a film where you have we've already had a Suicide Squad movie. It was not that long ago. It was came out with great fanfare, great money behind it. As I've said, probably the best marketing campaign for any movie we've covered on this show. And it was a critical, excuse me, a, 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 a you know a critical failure in regards to what the critics thought of it. Fans didn't really like it that much either. But they're rebooting this very quickly. But then the questions become: Is it a reboot? Is it a is it a sequel? Because a lot of the characters are the same. What's going on? And David Ayer, of all people, <laughs> were the ones who actually gave us the answers. And when I saw the headlines with Ayer, guys, I thought it kept being a typo. Because I'm like, he keeps saying the Suicide Squad, but he's not directing the Suicide Squad. Yeah, like, why, why are we talking about yeah. yeah. Why does he know anything? But apparently he does have, he's privy to the information that everybody's been waiting to hear. And, and he, he, he gave it to us. So uh, the question has been, what is the deal with the Suicide Squad? How does it relate to whatever we're calling the extended universe of DC? And is what he did canon. And he finally spoke about it. So uh, in, in talking about the the James Gunn film, The Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad, which he did, he said, quote, it's not a sequel. It's a reinvention. Uh, or reinvention. And James Gunn is, absolutely, is going to absolutely knock it out of the park. I'm cheering every step of the way. And later, someone went to him and said, I don't understand what that means. Is your movie just a standalone? 
one-off and had nothing to do with continuity. And he said, yes, that is correct. Some characters and elements will be used, but James Gunn is reinventing the universe. Everybody recognizes the immense potential of the franchise. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, so, sorry, go ahead, Gunnell. I'll let you go. Well, no, yeah, I was just going to be like, I, I don't know if I believe him on some level. What don't you believe? That he's lying? I just... What, 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 what aspect of this don't you believe? We we've we've put the pieces of the puzzle together before, but like I just can't totally buy this as a as a reboot. If you put like half if you put like most of the same characters in the movie and tell me it's a reboot. It's gonna look crazy. Like, I'm gonna watch the movie and a lot of people are gonna watch the movie and be like, Why are we going through the same explanations of the same stuff? Like, Amanda Waller is looking at Harley Quinn as if she doesn't know her, or, like... Now, the only way they can they can skate by this is if they they assume that, like, they tell the story as if the first one technically may have happened. Like, maybe there are going to be some plot holes that you say, well, the first one wasn't canon, but, like, you have to have it where, like, you know, Rick Flag and Jai Courtney's Boomerang and... You know Harley Quinn and those characters are kind of veteran Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad members. That's the only way you can tell the story. For sure, I agree with that. Because if you don't, it's going to look ridiculous. Yeah, but it's, it's so it's 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 very weird, Shane. Because I agree with Kendall on the idea that when you're telling this story, it's going to have to be um, those characters that we know already already being in the fold within the team. I, I agree with him that it, it would look... Though, to be fair, the first movie, like, those people... While, yes, Amanda Waller is first is their first mission, I mean, it is assumed that she knows who they are and that they've been locked up. So that aspect of it is not completely foreign, you know. But at the same time, it, it would be odd to, to not go the route of these are more established Task Force X members. But when you have a Birds of Prey movie coming out where we clearly don't see anything involving... Task Force X, at least for now. Unless maybe there's going to be something aspect of it that maybe we don't see that's going to lead right into that movie. I hadn't heard anything suggesting that. It would seem weird that you have Parkland running around and all of a sudden she's also part of the Suicide Squad. I don't know how that would work unless they do try to tie that together. Yeah, it's very odd. It's very, um, it's very interesting that this is going to be a, basically a complete reboot of uh suicide squad um i mean we're having Mar- we have margot robbie playing harley quinn in a movie just not even that long from now in in, in uh february yep and she's playing harley quinn post suicide squad like that's the storyline is she's playing harley quinn post suicide right. squad she <laughs> broke up with the joker from suicide squad right right who we saw in suicide squad so now that movie now that never happened i don't know how that's yeah. gonna work people are gonna watch birds of prey and connected to Suicide Squad. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> then how are people going to then watch Suicide Squad and not connected to Birds of Prey, so which is connected like, to Suicide Squad? Yeah. I don't know. So I don't, I'm not sure what what is going on here. It's just, yeah. Um, part of me kind of hopes David Ayer does know what's going on here. <laughs> right. Um, and that, and that maybe bad he wasn't, intel, yeah. Yeah, he has, bad, he has bad information, and he's just kind of going off of what he's heard. Or something along those lines, because uh, I don't doubt that James Gunn is knocking it out of the park, as he said. 
you know, I, I'm very much looking forward to his interpretation of the Suicide Squad. I think it's going to be very fun. Um, but and, and I, I don't doubt that his movie is irrelevant. Like, I'm well, sure yeah, that, I don't doubt that either. I'm sure, yeah. like, there will be very little nods, it's, very yeah, little... Yeah, it's still going to be a reboot. In, right. Uh, it's it's still going to be like a reboot. Just like Transformers with Mark Wahlberg is a reboot of the Shia LaBeouf movies. Well, yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that those movies are non-canon. Exactly. Because right. it would just be too confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Optimus Prime, and this, that, and the other thing. Like, you know, like... You, you don't have you don't have you don't have to explain in every Transformers movie who Optimus Prime is, what the Transformers are, you know. Like, so will this movie be a soft reboot? Probably, but it's not going to be a hard reboot. It's not going to be. Yeah, everything's new. Everything, anything you saw in the past, you all don't know each other. Never happened. Yeah, yeah. So I, don't I know. mean, so I think that this will be a reboot. Um, I think when we get into is it hard? Is it soft? I, I think that it's. That might be a little bit semantics. I think the the takeaway I'm having from from Ayer's tweets are: don't t- any story points in my movie just they they shouldn't be taken in this next movie. So if Harley Quinn is right. different, or there's some aspect of what you've seen from uh, Boomerang that's different, or Waller that's different, that it's just it's not what I did wasn't canon. I did a movie, it was was what it was, and this is him reinventing it. And yes, he's using some of the same actors, some of the same characters, but it's just not the same. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Bruce Tim. You know, I didn't, I, to be fair, I didn't see this movie, so maybe I shouldn't even say it, but I'll I'll make the analogy anyway. You know, Bruce Tim does, you know, Justice League uh, versus the Fatal Five, you know, is, uh, you know, is also what he did with Justice League. Like, is that, like, connected? Like, I don't think so. I think he's just he's using the same characters, but he's just telling a totally different story, and it is what it is. That's kind of how I, I think we're supposed to take this. Is it's yeah, some of the characters are the same, some of the same themes from those characters are the same, but if you see different things that don't make sense based on what you've seen, it's just because of what you saw wasn't canon before. I so think, what does that mean? Is that a soft ruby or Harvey reboot? I don't know. I guess that's kind of eye the beholder. I would argue that Kendall maybe was just that's more of a soft reboot then. Yes, but but I would I would then say. Uh, if you're telling me nothing that you did was canon and that everything's fair game for how you're going forward with these characters, even if they're similar in how they act and how they do, because we've seen them already, and we know the kind of portrayal that that we're expecting. I don't, I still think that that's a pretty hard reboot. To me, anything where the story continuity doesn't matter is a hard reboot to me. But that's that's again kind of I I beauty and I be older there. I mean, I feel like, but I feel like specifically when it comes to this Suicide Squad story, it's such a specific story. Oh, you put the bombs in their necks and, you know, it's going to blow up if you go out of line. I mean, they're going to be doing that again. Right. I got it. I got it. I got a unique thing here. And maybe, maybe a sacrilege, but I'll I'll throw it out there. Maybe they got to just forget about the whole bomb the neck thing. Whoa. Do something unique. Whoa. Well, no, because I, I feel like I feel like every time he talked about this process of how you reboot this movie, how you tell the story and explain the Suicide Squad, when you know you have to implement the idea of they can't go rogue because they'll get their heads blown off, right. and you're going to tell the same story over and over again. How do you avoid that? Just don't tell that story. I don't know how else whatever that you would put it put to make it. That's, that's like saying. Equal, Equally as as dangerous for them. To we're go gonna make off, a but... Venom movie without the symbiote. We're gonna make an X Men movie, but we're, we're not making them mutants. 
you know. I, I think it's I more, to know, me, man. it's more online. It's more along lines of you're making an X Men movie, but you're not using the Blackbird. Wow, but, but that's, I, think, I don't know about that. That's I little, think it is. You think that's the Suicide that's Squad? That is inherent to the Suicide Squad. Like, if you're gonna call it like, if this movie was called Task Force X, I'd be like, all right. I mean, technically, Task Force X is the Suicide Squad, but like, like. The name Suicide Squad is is the the reason is because of what they're doing, right? That that what they're doing is essentially a suicide mission, and not right. doing the mission is suicide. Exactly. So I don't know. You know, I mean, I think, I think there's a way. I think there any great creative writer, there's a way to create that same level of trauma and same level of drama, but using a different <laughs> oh, element to do it. Bars. Um... <laughs> No, yeah, I like if unless we're just gonna do like a like a uh, a thunderbolts type of thing where it's like, you know, like you don't do the bombs in the neck thing, you know, on some level, and it's like, but they are still doing like there's like a reform, more of a reform program than a blackmail situation. Then, I mean, you could, but I think that takes away from the story. Like then, at that point, is it even the Suicide Squad? Mm. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't mind something like that, but I mean, uh, the hardcore fans, hardcore, quote unquote, hardcore Suicide Squad people, which I guess <laughs> they exist out there somewhere, um, they're going to have an issue with it. Uh, I'll fight that. They don't exist. <laughs> um, look, and, like, my thing is, I say they don't exist for the people who want to bite my head off. I'm talking in large numbers. Like, yes, I like the Suicide Squad. We all like the Suicide Squad. There are plenty of people who read Suicide Squad. I'm talking about, are those tens of millions of people out there no that doesn't that that's not true right 90 percent of people 75 percent of people are gonna see the movie won't know the difference right that's my point so now like star wars that's different like i can't say that oh the videos they do exist or even like wonder woman or i'd even say someone like harley quinn like i can't i can't say oh they don't exist. no they those hardcore fans are in large numbers hardcore fans for the actual suicide squad as a team they don't exist, just like they didn't exist for Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, and I don't know, I, none of, someone maybe would argue, well, do they exist after that first movie? I'd say no, because nobody liked that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I hope not. <laughs> so, so, I, so I, to me, that's why the, it gives them more rope to, to play around with. Um, I don't think this movie's going to do well. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the, what the oh, marketing campaign will. is. But... I disagree already. No I Will Smith. But Bird, the, the, if Birds the of Prey, little... if Birds of Prey doesn't do well, which I don't think Birds of Prey will do well either. I mean, that's that's that I agree with. It's going to be tough to sell people on another Harley Quinn centric. I mean, you do have Idris Elba, so that'll help. But like, I don't know, another Suicide Squad movie. I don't think the Suicide Squad name is nearly as hot as it was in 2015, 2016 when they had Will Smith and Joker and Harley Quinn. I mean. Uh, I think I think that James Gunn is a lightning rod now. Like you know, sometimes it's best to be infamous than even famous. And his name being attached to a superhero like movie will drive headlines, will drive interest. I think that even just the, the, I mean, to me, the already the marketing campaign already looks fire. Already, the, we've seen a minute amount of promotion for this movie. I'm going by just the color, just how they reveal the cast. I'm just like, they, yeah, this is going to be hard. The, the people are going to see this movie. It's going to be weird. This is one of the weirdest, like, DC, I got to give them some props here. 
they're they're breaking every rule when it regards to like how you develop um how you develop a movie and then decide to reboot it. The whole idea is oh man, you can't reboot a movie you just did and have the same actors. Like you got like they're breaking all the rules. Same actors. Movie came out five years ago. Less you know, something like that. Less than five years ago. And um and they're just going for it. They're not afraid. They're they're big enough the marketing campaign already so far. This is a little bit I've seen. All the things you you hear you need to do if you're going to do a successful reboot, D- DC's following none of those rules. And and again, for a company that I've argued has played it too safe or has worried way too much about what makes the most money and not just what makes the most sense. And um, and sometimes it's just flat out ignore the will of the fans at least the large numbers of fans to do whatever they want to do. I, I, I commend them for how they're approaching it. Not necessarily considering that I, I know what's going to work. I think that if you put James Gunn with these kind of characters, I would be shocked if it didn't. But just the idea that they're they're going for it. And that's the one thing we've talked about with DC recently, why they kind of turned the corner, is that with a lot of these projects, outside of Birds of Prey, which we're all not really excited about, it feels like they're really going for it. Like, they really went for it with Joker. They really went for it with Shazam. Like, it, it, the the feeling is different, and I'm I'm excited about what I'm hearing about the Batman. So I don't, I don't I don't know. Kendall's saying he doesn't think it'll do well in the box office. I disagree. I think that they'll have a lot of excitement by the time the movie comes out. Um, I do want to move on though. I want to go back to the kind of the Marvel aspect of this, but really it's more uh, Marvel Sony because according to Geeks Worldwide, there are two sources with them saying that Tom Holland is in talks to appear in De- uh, Venom 2. So we know obviously Venom 2 is going to be a Sony movie. By what we've heard, it's going to be something, well, not we've heard, we've seen that it's going to be something involving Carnage. But apparently uh, they are in. They're already in discussions for some kind of cameo appearance from uh, Holland. Now, based on who you ask, he, they will say he shot a, a, a can, uh, what's the name? A cameo for Venom One, and it just didn't make air. I don't know who's right, who's wrong, if, if that's true or not, but it appears that they're going through the same phase again. They're negotiating how to get him in this next movie, knowing that we've heard plenty of the talk about how eventually we're going to see Holland versus uh, versus Hardy in a Spider-Man opposite Venom type kind of film. So uh, I'll toss this one to Sham first. What do you think? Uh, Shamar, you're hearing about um, uh, not only was Geek for a while, but also Dan Rickman as well. Holland in talks to Cameo in Venom 2. Uh, I believe it. I mean, Sony wants Spider-Man all to themselves. Um, I mean, at this point, they're just, they want their property. They want Spider-Man. They want Holland. They want all of that. They want to, you know, prop up Venom as much as they can they want to prop up morbius as much as they can uh eventually whenever that comes out so i mean yeah they're gonna try to get holland who's their their prime you know um their prime money maker you know um uh i was gonna say their most talented talented person but tom hardy is extremely talented but um <laughs> but i mean he's gonna get they're gonna try to get him get him uh on the screen for venom too and i think it's smart for them to do that uh that's people are gonna you know as weird as it is, it's gonna, people are going to go to the theaters in droves to see Holland, um, right. you know, go up against, quote-unquote, Tom Hardy. Now, are you talking, like, in Venom 2 or just somewhere in the future? 
Venom 2 or if Holland is on the same screen as Hardy, people are going to show up to the theater right. in droves. That's what that's just what they know. They know it. They know it to be true. The same people that liked Venom, it's the same demographic of people that love Tom Holland. Yep. They're all going to go to the theater. They're all going to love the movie and they're going to be yeah, screaming for Venom 3 and um, you know, that's just how if if Tom Hardy's in the movie, I mean not Tom Hardy. He will oh. be. He will be in the movie. Yes. Best <laughs> question, guys. My inso- my insider sources tell me that Hardy is in Venom Two. I yeah. can confirm that. If Tom Holland Spoiler. is in the movie, will we know it before we go in? I'll let Sam answer because he's what I'm talking right now. Uh, and will Sony Tom tell us Holland in specifically? Like not a leak, but like. Will will we know going into the movie? Mm. In the trailers, in the you know cast list. Uh, that's that is a good question. I'm going to say, can can they can they think? Because I it's the same question that I always ask. Where it's like it would be a spoiler, mm-hmm. but you're gonna be you're gonna be. Like costing yourself well, a yeah, lot you, of money. Well, yeah, you're always that. You can. I know you're. And if the guy, money like, is show it in the trailer, just show it. If it's in the if if it affects you, if you're if, if it clearly affects your bottom line to not show this character, then you might as well show him in the trailer. Yeah. Um, I am going to say, I'm gonna say yes, just because like I don't I don't think Sony's one to play games like that. <laughs> right. I mean, with they, their finances. Yeah. I mean, they they did with. Uh, Venom in Spider-Man 3, but that was way, way, way back in the day. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say yes. I, I think that I think I think if Holland is in the movie, we'll either know we'll either see him or it will be heavily implied that you will see a Spider-Man, somebody else, web web slinger, or something is going right. on with a web, someone slinging webs, right? And we'll know that it will just know that it's Spider-Man. Yeah, people will expect to see Spider-Man coming in. So we'll we'll know that he's gonna be in the movie. Uh, right now, I'll lean no. Um, I I think that that's the, I think for them they feel like that's their that's like their Super Bowl reveal, right? And I think for them they'd probably feel like that's just too much to give away. If we're talking cameo, right? Right now, again, the reporting is yeah yeah I'm saying cameo, cameo. like one two them. scenes. Yeah, I don't I don't see them I don't see them showing that in a trailer. Now because, now if he if he has a, a full scene. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's like, a little different. If he has but one full about, scene, but I mean, like, in a, by when I say full scene, I mean like, you no, know, I'm talking about a long scene, like a five ten minute scene or something like that. Like, right, right. I, I can't, you know, I can't see them giving that away. If you're talking about, you know, like before the whole thing was that he'd get on a school bus or something like that, so like something like that. I don't think they give that away either, but I think that'd be more likely. Um, I, mean, I think no, something sorry. like I think I think that is a full scene. Rather, I, I take that back. I, I got crossed got star crossed here if it's a longer scene i could see them revealing that yeah if it's a that's scene, something that there's, there's substance to it yeah like, i don't think they want to i don't think they want to annoy the fans by showing hardy a highlands and then people going in the theater and seeing them for 10 seconds being like what the yeah heck? yeah like, i like, i thought he was gonna be in this movie this is it i, mean, I can't yeah. see them doing that yeah if it's now, like if a, a, a real scene that's mm-hmm. where i think kendall's theory makes more sense where i can see them saying yeah we gotta throw it in there but not for a cameo yeah, if it's a scene, um, if it's or if it's just like a cameo, then I think I don't think that's going to be officially revealed. But I think that will leak anyway, right? And right. People will still I, know. Yeah, here's what I will say: regardless of what happens, 
we'll know he's in the movie or not. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, that's going to be leaked absolutely. very early. And right. it'll be on purpose. Right, it'll be intentional, right? Yeah. It'll be 100% intentional. We will know that Tom Holland's in the movie. That's, And then it's going to be the thing of, like, people going to movies to anticipate when it's going to happen. Yeah, when Spider-Man's showing up. Right. And I think, I think they feel like, while, yes, you do cut your bottom line by not showing him in a trailer, I think that that buzz alone, I think they feel like will help make up for whatever money they may have lost. Because like, there will be that buzz of people knowing he's in the movie going to, only to see him. But one thing I wanted to say kind of real quick was it's funny how you and Jamari have made, it, made the case that it's very obvious that people will come out in droves to see Holland and Venom, Holland and Hardy as Venom and Spider-Man in a movie. It's so bizarre because if you, you know, and I always say, man, you can't just take what's on social media because while there's a lot of people, it's still really a small pocket of the, of the world. It's so funny because if you see anything, you always hear about how much we don't want to see, we don't care about Venom, we don't care to see Spider-Man and Venom. And I've been the one to say, I'm really not all that excited to see this Spider-Man and this version of Venom cross paths, just of how the way they developed, especially Venom in particular. But I, I look, man, I'm gonna see it. And I'm be excited. That's to what see I'm saying. It. There's, there's a small... That's what's so crazy about it yeah. is that even the people like myself and a lot of people who criticize Venom and criticize the idea that. Sony is so obsessed with putting Holland and Hardy together. We everyone or people are gonna see that because Tom because Tom Holland is money regardless. But then yeah, you throw in Venom money. and Tom Hardy. I mean, people saw that movie a lot. A lot of people saw that movie. Yes, yeah. they did. And they didn't, they didn't need Tom Holland. <laughs> a lot of people saw Tom Holland. They didn't need Tom Hardy. So, but the one thing we I have mentioned on this show, and I think it is a fair question, is what is the how much of Venom's I don't want to say inflated because we don't know. It's a question I'm asking. Was rather I should rephrase it. Was Venom's box office numbers, especially the first few weekends, inflated by the idea that people were looking for Holland? Because it was kind of the same thing that we're talking about now, where it it made it. I mean, before the movie, they didn't sound like man Holland in the movie. Like that's the stuff that was kind of stuff that was getting leaked. Right, and he wasn't. And a lot of people were looking for that Spider-Man link. I don't and think so. That, like for those, like for those people that saw Venom, how many of those people that saw Venom and didn't see Holland are going to give this movie even a second chance after what happened? Well, yeah. Look, I think if people don't see this movie is because the first one wasn't good or wasn't as popular as people as they hoped. Uh, I I think people, I do, I agree. I think people came in hoping and borderline waiting for Holland, but. Like, I think the box office primarily, I think it was a very good marketing campaign. You know, you want to talk about Suicide Squad being a terrific marketing campaign for a below-average movie? Venom's right behind it. You know, as another one with a spectacular marketing campaign for another below-average movie. Um, mm-hmm. What I will say, is though, I think that... I think we... The, I, I think we'll see Holland in promos if he is in, a, if he is in the movie. Um, I'm assuming like we like the same way we saw Wolverine in X Men Apocalypse. Like I'm, I'm assuming it's not going to be Wolverine in First Class, where it's just one scene, one quick little scene cameo. Like I'm assuming like Spider Man is in the movie, not just Peter Parker with Spider Man. Mm. And if that's the case, then I think we'll see Spider Man because that that gets that's an extra. 25 million probably in in box office revenue if you show spider-man so i don't think that they're gonna pass that up 
the question though is just does that you know does that take away from the venom carnage aspect of this movie because spider-man is such a minor part of the movie uh regardless of whether or not he's in it or not um but you make a good point you know this would be such a such it's such a huge cameo that it just may not even be worth it to show like they may get more in like like they may actually make more money by not showing him in the trailers and having it because once he's in the movie it's gonna get like the once people see word of mouth is gonna get out tom holland's in the movie you know yeah. wait for that wait for the after credit scene or exactly you know and that's gonna break the internet and once the yeah. internet's broken people are gonna have to, people oh i have to see this now and like so, you said on the flip side like i mentioned the point of like how many people won't go see venom too because they expecting holland expecting spider-man reference right. got nothing all those people it's got, will a, then it's got see. a venom movie but then the second time they hear yo holland's in the movie like because if you just go online that's gonna be out anyway yeah it's gonna be all over twitter it's gonna yeah. be all over the place you won't be able to avoid it if that's the case how many people say oh i gotta go check that out and like yeah. you said how much money do they end up making because now there's confirmation that he is in the movie from the word of mouth of people who actually saw it. And that that and if people don't realize that he's in the movie, like, like if you tell people he's in the movie, like I mean, we, people that saw Star Wars or people that know about Star Wars, like we knew Emperor Palpatine was in the movie, so like it didn't break the internet. Oh, you know anything about his character didn't break the internet because we knew he's we knew he was in the movie. If we didn't know he was in the movie, and then it's revealed. In Star Wars, then people are going crazy. Whoa, whoa, what? Like, so that's something to look out for. But uh, I would be, I, I expect them to take the Darth Vader and Rogue One route, the Wolverine and X Men Apocalypse route, and just show them in the show them in the last trailer as like a tease. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I'll tell you what, like I said, it's going to be, there's a lot of interest regarding uh, this film, though. Like, again, it's, it's just, it is fascinating considering just, like, kind of the, it's just, it's me, Venom's one of the most, like, uh, weird phenomenon of all the movies we've covered in here. It's just, like, it's just insanely, it's just a movie that did insanely well in the box office for what it was expected. It was Maybe the worst movie we've covered here in terms of critical success, because you know we never did Hellboy or anything like that. Like Venom is, I think it is the worst. I mean, maybe BVS is right there with the two, but the Justice League I mean, was probably worse than BVS, right? I don't think so. I think BVS was worse. I don't remember. What do you think? But for? I mean, they both were bad. I like Justice League less personally. Yeah, I, so, I, yeah. I don't mean I don't mean how much we like it. I mean just the people like it. Like the people. critics like it, like the critics. I don't and, remember. And I think I, I, by the time Just Lee came out, like we were all kind of checked out. We were like, Bad movie. Here we go. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. I got, yeah. You know, left in the middle of the project. It's a mess. But like BVS was definitely more of a critical disappointment. That I that I that that's, that's that yeah that's that's indisputable. Understood. And I think I think Venom is I think Venom also is in line with that. Is it was a wild disappointment. Yeah, I agree with that. And. And yet, so beloved by a lot of people, like, like, I don't know if De- Venom is really all that controversial amongst fans. No, like at the very least, like, uh, like whatever you want to say, what was the issue with BVS and um, Justice League? They are controversial. There are fans who like like it, and there are a lot of fans who hate those movies. With Venom, the fans that like that watch the movie, I think most of them 
pretty much liked it. <laughs> so it's it's this weird thing where like people kind of scoff at it, but you can't deny the money, you can't deny the fan, uh, the fan um, support. So it's driving these decisions that included Sony walking away from a Disney deal. Like there's so much that this movie has created that's interesting. And now Holland's cameo, how long will it be? Should they tease it? It's all fascinating stuff. This is a, another very fascinating project uh, moving forward. Um, one of those stories I wanted to quickly touch on was a, a, a big set photo that has really, um, we talked about, you know, what are the ramifications for this Fox Disney deal and what they'll do with Deadpool and how that may um, really bring us our first real references to the X-Men and to Fantastic Four or some other Fox properties. As we're learning, it looks like our very, very, very first reference to anything involving an X-Men property or anything close to X-Men may actually be in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So um, the eagle-eyed fans who got a, a good uh, set picture of the set of Falcon and Winter Soldier is, of course, the Disney Plus um, series that will be on the streaming, streaming service. There is a logo on... I guess, for lack of a better term, a building. This is a building, or inside a building, or some kind of complex. And the logo is the insignia on the flag for the island of Madripoor. So, if you're unfamiliar with Madripoor or don't know what that means, if you're an action fan, it should be very familiar because Madripoor is uh, a, a a a fictional island that's really kind of centered around the X Men universe. Wolverine spends has spent a lot of time there. It is a, a haven for villains and criminals. At one point, um, uh, Madam Hydra, Viper, had taken over the island. But if you're ever an X-Men character, I mean, Madripoor is is just flat out an X-Men place. Like, it's, you know, of course, all the, um, all the kind of corners of the Marvel Universe have touched every place in the 616 Earth, so to speak. But... Madripoor is X-Men. Anyone who knows that name or heard that name, that's what you're relating it to. And here, the flag of that country is spotted on the Falcon and Winter Soldier set. I don't even know really where to go with this. To me, Kendall, with where this movie may go, you're talking about, um, to me, like Baron Zemo maybe on the run or he's broken out of prison. Where would he go? Like, perhaps a place like Madripoor would make sense, um, considering its connections to villains, its connections to Hydra. But, I don't know, what do you, what do you make of this? Um, it's interesting. Uh, I definitely can see Falcon and Winter Soldier as a type of... Because, uh, I, look, I don't expect we're going to get, you know, Magneto and Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't expect Professor X to show up. No. Or, you know, but obviously there's going to be a lot of politics in this show, some level of politics in the show. I think actually quite a bit of politics in this show. And if that's the case, it could even be some international politics. And if that's the case, it could be going to different countries. You know, Baron Zemo, we already dealt with that in, uh, you know, Civil War with Baron Zemo's characters. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, there were a lot of different locations and, you know, one of them, they just decided, you know, if we're going to deal with other countries and other places, what's a place in the Marvel Universe that is, you know, remote or, you know, if they don't want to use, you know, 
actual country, they went to a fictional place in the Marvel Universe. They decided, oh, it's just too Madripoor, you know? Like, so, I, I mean, I think that's an interesting Easter egg. I don't know if it'll end up being, like, anything major in terms of, like like I said, any, like, major Fox characters showing up, but uh, I think it's an interesting detail, I think, that Feige and the rest of the Marvel people are going to include. Yeah, I think it's. I think it should be interesting as well. Um, uh, I agree. I don't think it, they're going to introduce. I don't think we're going to see any X Men. I don't think we're going to see Madame Hydra. Um, or I personally don't think we're going to see Madame Hydra. Though I think it's a possibility, but I don't think we're going to see Madame Hydra. Uh, personally, if I had to put money on it, I wouldn't bet on us seeing Madame Hydra. But I do think that um, it is very interesting that we're going to Madripoor. And, um, I mean, I think it's just, I think this is one of those things where it's, it's laying the groundwork for the eventual, uh, introduction of the X-Men and of the mutants as a whole in the MCU. Uh, so I think it's, I mean, I think it's good. I think we're going to get more stuff like that in the Deadpool movie as well. Um, getting closer and closer to the reveal of mutants as Kevin Feige calls it and, uh, X-Men, um, (laughs) (laughs) instead of just the X-Men, um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, all for it. It's very exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna be a little more bold with what I make of this. To me, I I, I think there's a chance we're gonna see a mutant. Um, who I have no idea. I would not expect to be Magneto. So relax, which people because Kendall say we won't see Magneto, Professor X. I agree. Um, but this is just, I mean. Yes, could you just make magic for what you want and just say, oh, this is a place that we haven't talked to you about with um, in regards to, uh, you know, the MCU. And now we're just using it now because this is a place we can use. Possibly. Very possible. Probably even likely. But I'm not here to just give you likely predictions. I want to, you know, make bold predictions if I can. And to me, again, I think if you're an X-Men fan, you hear that name that has some meaning other than just being a name drop. At least for me. Maybe other X-Men fans would disagree. But if you're going to use that island and not have any mutants, that would just be weird and very random. It just feel like shoehorning in something for the sake of shoehorning it. And maybe it's a nod to the fans because they, they're still working on what they want to do with mutants. And maybe they want to say, hey, we haven't forgot you. Here's some a little bit of a, a breadcrumb that's here. No, make, let us let you know that we're thinking about you. But... I'm kind of intrigued by the idea that maybe this is their backdoor way of starting to introduce mutants into the world. That would be very difficult because, you know, that would be most likely well before any kind of world altering situation that could bring us mutants in a, in a way that would make sense for the, the way that we kind of have hype, 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 hypothetically talked about how they could introduce them. But I don't know. That just seems like... Uh, such a obvious nod to mutant to not do anything at all with it other than for it to be, yeah, we're here. That would be weird to me. Unless, to me, the only other thing I think of is maybe it's just, maybe they're not on Madripoor. Maybe that this is so using the insignia and maybe it's just an Easter egg kind of reference. That would kind of suck that that got leaked, that that was the case. Because now our, our imaginations are kind of running wild. And that would have been, that would have been just a really cool kind of like Easter egg in like somewhere just to kind of, you know, now, put in there. Now, like this thing that may not be that big a deal, it feels like a big deal, and and I'm 
giving them the benefits. You know, I think they will give us Toad or something like where you're like, whoa, I can't believe they just did that. I think that's possible. Um, this is uh, this is something slightly different. Uh, this came uh, from Charles Murphy, uh, who's someone else that likes to scoop in the Marvel business and DC. Uh, but he he came out on and he linked together. There was an actress, a uh, very small name actress. Her name's Sheila Knox, I guess. She went on Twitter and said, my agent just told me that I'm going to be in WandaVision. You know, whatever. She tweeted that out. Um, then a couple of days later, uh, she tweeted out uh, Doom State in Helen, which is Helen, Georgia. Uh, Georgia, obviously the, the, the country, not the, not the, not the state. But uh, Doom State is the capital city of Latveria. Now, she tweeted this out. We don't know if she's, like, I don't, we don't know if that's a slip. We don't know if she doesn't know what she's talking about or if she's... Wait, say that, say that one more time. So this actress tweets out that she's going to be in WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Point. Yeah, and then she tweets out uh, <laughs> the capital city of Latveria, Doomstate, <clears throat> in Helen. That's, that was her tweet. Helen, Georgia, we assume. Uh, which is the country of Georgia, not the state. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, Georgia is the uh, doom state is the capital city of Latveria, and which is very interesting because also he linked together that there are, there are pictures of Helen, Georgia, and then pictures of doom state from the comics, and they are actually very similar looking places. Mm. So the aesthetics of the the buildings in the country, the aesthetic of the state of the city is very similar. So. Could we be getting references to Latveria in WandaVision? I don't know. And, like, something we really haven't explored, but, you know, Feige and everyone at Marvel has made it very clear for you to understand what we're doing in the MCU and the movies moving on. Not only presently, but in the future, you need to watch these movies, these, these shows, rather. I, I still, mean, I, I still who, don't know how I feel about that. Who's to say that the introduction of some of these elements of the Fox properties won't be used in just in these shows? Like, 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 like that's something I really didn't consider. But you're see, we're seeing the Madripoor thing now. We're seeing this um, Latveria potential leak. You know that was done maybe unintentionally. It does raise eye, eyebrows about. How are they going to approach this? We always, again, assume that maybe some world-altering thing would happen that would make a, make this happen. But maybe it won't be. Maybe Marvel will go along lines that, no, this was always here and we just haven't explored it. The mutant thing would seem very difficult to explain. The Fantastic Four are definitely way more easier. But I think it's fascinating that we have two shows that have um, one with a set photo, one with an actress kind of leaking what appears to be major references to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, at least those properties in, on a macro level, and nothing yet involving movies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one thing to keep in mind with these shows um, uh, and these movies, I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier doesn't debut until late 2020. Exactly. And WandaVision doesn't come out until 2021. Who's to yeah. say we don't already has some kind of allusion to mutants by them. 
uh, through whether Eternals and Black Widow. Eternals, Black Widow would have both already come out by then. Um, and uh, so, I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier could also go into 2021 since it's coming out late 2020. Right. So, I mean, who knows if we won't already have some kind of confirmation? Yeah. Who knows? If we, I mean, by then, we should have confirmation of, you know, who's the villain of a lot of Black Panther 2, for example. Like, we may know Dr. Doom the villain of Black Panther 2 by then. Mm. You know, by the time WandaVision comes out. And then it's not a surprise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, if Latveria is in, in, in WandaVision. You know, like, we may know that an X-Men movie is coming out in 2023 by the time WandaVision comes out. Like, we don't know any of this stuff now. But that's yeah. Comic-Con. That's past Comic-Con next year. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. Yeah, so the timeline, we're learning a lot of crazy information where the timeline may not match. It may sound crazy now, but it may make way more sense by the time we actually see these shows that these things are happening. Today, it seems like that would seem all these things would be very bold to do, but it might not be that bold if they are ready and preparing to have this new stuff come out with plans that they already implemented. They just haven't really told us anything or haven't let it let these things play out on screen, whether it be in these movies or in these shows. So um, it's fascinating stuff, man. Um, one of the other things I wanted to mention real quickly. Uh, a lot of uh, scoots from, um, you know, our guy Jeremy Conrad, MC, MC, MCU Cosmic. One of the big ones uh, in Radcliffe, excuse me, um, uh, Rickman, Dan Rickman also had this one as well, is that Dan Radcliffe apparently is in the running to play Moon Knight. Is that kind of ironic? Because I was just watching the second Harry Potter movie yesterday. And you kind of underestimate how That's, great uh, he is. That's, what, got, uh, don't tell me. Sorcerer's Stone. No. Chamber, Chamber, Chamber of Secrets. Secrets. I don't know. Yeah, Chamber of Secrets, which was a good movie. Um, I think I stopped after that one. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, you guys know Shamari is a massive Star uh, Harry Potter fan. I'm not really a Harry Potter fan, but I like the first two movies, and you know it's a, obviously a cultural phenomenon. But um, I say what man Radcliffe is super talented. I would love to see him take on this kind of role. I don't know if you guys. Would you, would you be thumbs up on on uh, Radcliffe being someone like uh, Moon Knight? I'd be thumbs up. I mean, Radcliffe, I think he's a very good actor. I think he's kind of just seen as Harry Potter, and he was so young when he played Harry Potter. Yeah, he's so massively different now. Um, <laughs> but he's much older now, and he's played other roles. And I think he's I think he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I um, I'd be on board with at the very least giving him a shot. You know. Um, so hey, I, I I would be fine with it. It'd be interesting having him do an American accent. I don't think I've seen him yet do an American accent. Yeah, and it's um, interesting. They're going to be filming that in U in the UK. Yeah, so. interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, it'll be interesting because I mean I'm sure he's probably done one by now on something that he's done, but I haven't heard it yet, so it'll be new to me. Yeah, I, I mean, whether or not I, I don't know. It seems like they're going for a name with Moon Knight. I don't know if that... I think that's intentional. Because uh, I don't think Moon Knight's a character that's going to attract people just off of his character and his name. So, uh, it seems like they're going for an actor that makes sense. You know, uh, Moon Knight is Jewish, I believe. And yes, he is. Daniel Radcliffe is not, I believe. So, mm. <laughs> uh, that, that that's interesting. But, um, you know, some people have felt like they needed to go after a Jewish actor. I, I'm not saying they need to, you know, but 
that may be something they'll they they'll consider. Um, but Daniel Radcliffe certainly has the name, certainly has the cachet, has the following. Uh, hasn't done that physical of a role, I don't think. But um, you only think Harry Potter was pretty physical? Yeah, but I mean, Moon Knight is. I mean, it's a hand to hand. Yeah, specialist. I mean, but I mean those act. He, he, I mean those Harry Potter though movies. He they demand a lot from him physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'll give him his credit. I'm not saying you know he was, you know, he wasn't no bashing skulls. But, right, he was bashing skulls. <laughs> he wasn't in a suit where you know he didn't have to do any any stunts or anything. But uh, and that's something else we got to consider. He may not have to do any a lot of his own stunts to begin with. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Keanu Reeves been the popular name, but that may be aiming a little too high for Disney Plus. I don't know. I mean, we say that, but man, with the success of The Mandalorian, I look. If I was an actor with the money Marvel and DC Disney is fishing out, I would not poo poo doing one of these shows. Yeah, especially considering these characters are going to be going to the movies anyway. Exactly, and with if if. Obviously, you know, Lucasfilm is a whole different section of Disney, entirely different section. But when you consider, like, the Mandalorian stock right now is just, like, at a level that's, it's nuclear. It's nuclear right now. Yeah. And imagine what, and that's from a property that generally right now is not viewed very highly amongst its fans in Star Wars, in terms of overall, the franchise. Imagine, like, if Marvel did something that great, that well-received. Considering how much people love Marvel right now, man, if I'm an actor, a big time actor, I'm not just thinking oh, a streaming service. I don't know if I want to do that. I want to be in a Marvel movie. I'm thinking about the earning potential of what could happen if I go on to a a, a, a project that's just so awesome and you know it's going to be well received and there's going to be so many, so much eyeball and so much attention to it because it's going to be on Disney Plus. Knowing that those characters will then also be in movies and what that may mean for your bottom line moving forward, I, if I was Keanu Reeves, I would think about it. You know, I think the fact that Dan Radcliffe is thinking about it says a lot. You know, he's kind of guy doesn't have to. He, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to roll out of bed and do this thing at all. <laughs> you know, he said. So the fact that even to me, I'm talking to him tells me that they ain't messing around with this. Uh, I don't know who. No, we're hearing the other rumor is that uh, we're hearing that you know Kamala Khan is close to being cast, and you no, know, I expect that actress to probably be someone a little less known. Yeah, I expect um, they'll find they'll 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 find someone we've never heard of. Yeah, yeah I, similar I, I to Moana. Yeah, you know, yeah, Moana specifically. And, and to be honest, that's, the, that's pretty much been all of their young young actors. Like I don't know if. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess really only Holland's been the only guy, right? I mean, there, like, I can't, like, you know, Haley Steinfeld really is the first one we've heard of, like, and she's not even really completely confirmed yet, but, like, it was the first really big young actress we've heard for a hero role that we saw that they've hired. Yeah. Um. But every, but so far, all the other young actresses, actors they've, they've hired to be heroes or future heroes have not been stars. The only yeah. young star they've, they've, Cast is Zendaya, who's not a hero. She's you know she's supporting, MJ. yeah, supporting character. Yeah. So so I don't know. Um, but I I would be for Ratcliffe. I know there will be conversations about you know hey you didn't go with a Jewish actor considering that why wouldn't you do that? 
And that's a good question, honestly. I don't I don't know what to really make of that. Yeah, but, I'm not Jewish, so I can't I can't give the right answer. But. Right. Um and I would argue, you know, unlike, you know, Latin representation, black representation, Asian representation, like, you know, Jewish representation isn't as, as much an issue in Hollywood. Uh it is with superheroes. Maybe you say, well, superheroes is otherwise that there's there's plenty of representation in Hollywood with Jewish actors and Jewish I don't want to say necessarily orthodox Jewish situations, but um, but certainly not like something that we don't ever see. I don't think. Uh... But at the same time, like why, again, superhero not really something that they've played up, you know, their religion and with this guy being prominently Jewish, I don't know why they would decide to go to Jewish person as the. Um, they didn't do it with lead. Magneto. Back in the day, no, they didn't. And I don't. I mean, it's a whole different time now. But yeah. I don't. I don't remember there being any conversation about. Yeah, it's certainly a different time now than it was. That's true. <laughs> do you think they could get away with that if they did that now? I think so. I they think, didn't do I it with so Fassbender either, right? They didn't do it with Fassbender. No. No, they didn't. I, so, look, man, it was a different time five years. ago. Yeah, that's very true as well. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> it that's is that. a different time. <laughs> that <man>. is fair. <laughs> like. Like I don't, I don't especially know. Disney is just a much more. Uh, this Magneto casting is going to be much more uh, on a scope. It's going to be much more mi- on a microscope, I should say, than I think even Michael Fassbender was. You think so? I think so. Mm. Whatever they it do, with ironic. Professor X. What's ironic is that I, I, I think that regard. I think they'll, I think they'll get heat, but I think that it's ironic that people. I think overall, people will be way more accepting of. A white man who's not Jewish playing Jewish Magneto than a black man playing Magneto where his thing is not about being Jewish, it's some other kind of plight. Oh, 100%. Yep. Which is just very funny to me. Yeah, it's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> like, they could create something that is authentic now, with a person who probably actually went through that I, kind of experience and, and people would hate it. But if they took a white guy who isn't Jewish but just made him Jewish, people like, oh, no, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't care. I think they will have some backlash, but it won't be the same. The, now, what's funny is that, um, oh, it's interesting. I would say I don't say it's funny, but what's interesting is that I was uh, watching X Men Evolution this weekend, and on Disney Plus, uh, free plug. Um, and Kevin, they already think we're getting paid by the mouse, man. You can't be giving. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day. <laughs> no, um, and one of the episodes I was watching was it was an episode Wolverine's kind of. Uh, the episode is Captain America's in the episode, and Wolverine, oh, oh. Captain America are teaming together. But point being, uh, when they save they, during the during the story, they save they're fighting World War Two, and they save a kid in Germany or in Poland rather, who ends up being Magneto by the end of the episode. Uh, but in present day, Magneto has stolen Captain America's. Uh, uh, super soldier machine and that he, he actually uses it uses it on himself to de-age himself in the show so it explains why he's so old but yet is still very young and I'm like we never really talked about that as an option that they could do in the movies the super soldier serum somehow being in play Impl- implied you know I mean we have Captain America obviously they didn't have him in the other movies but well also we have remember we have uh, the doctor who made the super, super soldier serum was German that's true. Arnold's yeah. old, right? 
Oh no, the other guy. You no, know, the, the guy, other, the, other the original yeah, guy. The other yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's with the United States government. He's he's German, right? So if, if that's your your kind of now, you know, storyboard EJ here is working, like you could have it to where, you know, that time when he did the super Zero serum, that wasn't the first time he ever tested it, right? Or perhaps maybe he some like maybe he was working on it and it wasn't ready but maybe some kid somehow got their hands on it and maybe it didn't initially make the guy into some brawly crazy person but maybe maybe it did kind of make his aging process yeah. unique or weird and change the genetics a little bit change yeah change the genetics like you know he could have taken a, a you know a a you know a uh off-brand super soldier serum right and that would definitely explain, you know, how Magneto could have survived, uh, you know, being in the Holocaust and yet still being alive right now. And I don't think that'd be that crazy. Yeah, I don't think it's that crazy. Magneto, like, he, he, not like he, he, like, has anything about, there's nothing about his character where he has to be a certain age. Like, he just has to have been in the Holocaust. But, like, he, he, he runs, a, he runs solo anyway. He just recruits a bunch of new mutants every 20 years or whatever right. for his agenda. But he's not like, yeah, like, he's got to be the same age as Professor X. Like, it's not like they were growing up as kids, like, best friends. Like, right. you know, he has his own agenda that runs different than Professor X's. So, I, I mean, I think that's something that they can do if they really want to keep the Holocaust thing. Which I think they will, actually. I don't think they're going to. They could re, they could change it. They could very well change it, but I don't think they will. Hmm. Fascinating stuff, but um, let's uh let's start the show quickly talking about uh Watchmen. I feel bad quickly talking about it, but it's been a couple of weeks, so I don't want to spend a million much so much time on because all you guys have probably uh, watched this episode already, and it is of course spoilers. Uh, you know, review or recap we'll do real quick, but I mean just overall, man, my thoughts yo, this season was uh groundbreaking. Um, I know apologies to those who love the. Jenny's we did not get to it this year, but Jenny's will be back next year, and uh, that will be a very very tough act to follow in many ways. Um, the ending was to me everything you pretty much could have hoped for. It tied in the whole story pretty much from the beginning in a way that I think absolutely made sense. I think it was a fitting ending for Doctor Manhattan and, and Angela after learning about their love story last week. Um, I think kind of learning what the plan was for um, for uh, why well, can't I remember her name? Ozymandias' uh, uh, daughter, Lady, Lady True, Lady yeah. True, and, and 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 what her idea was, and and to me, I just what I enjoyed about her her master plan was again, like we kind of talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago when we were kind of guessing what was going on, was like how we were really what you said was right, which is like I mean she just like basically so intact and so on. So has her tentacles so much involved in everything happening that she just knows when the uh, the people are going to be able to uh, do their plan. The uh, you know the the knife the knife cal the cavalry seventh cavalry yeah. seventh cavalry and the answer was pretty much yeah <laughs> that like but she knew that they didn't know what they were doing that they were that they they screwed up the technical side of it and that she'd be able to kind of just pick up the pieces from there once they once they started all that she needed to do was just getting my Dr. Manhattan in, in place. And she didn't have to really do any of the work. Uh, it was brilliant. And and I don't know. I, I love this episode, man. I, I love this show. So far, we're hearing, you know, Lindelof doesn't seem very uh, excited about 
necessarily doing a season immediately uh, or doing a season, a new season at all. You never really know with these guys whether it's uh, a you know a ploy to just get more money out of HBO because we know that that's definitely something that that happens. But and I don't and I, I I'm amongst the, the the group of fans who I'm not sure if a last season is absolutely what I'd want to see. Um, a new season, a new season rather is what I want to see just because of how well I think they kind of capped off this entire uh, this entire run. But again, just bravo to the whole crew, and uh, bravo to to uh, Frederick Eo Toy who um, directed the last episode. Again, it was great, and someone made the case, and I would agree. Man, ever since the episode where the nostalgia, the you know the nostalgia episode with um, with Angela being her grandfather, I mean this show had like a three or four episode run that I, I've never seen on television, where it just was. Banger after banger after banger. Yes. Complete, like, jaw-dropping. It was like when Kobe like, scored, like, 40 points, like, or 50 points in, like, four straight games or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this felt like. This was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Um, and that's completely, I've watched Game of Thrones. I, I've, I've watched a lot of television outside of just superhero stuff. And, and it wasn't because it was a superhero show. It just, the excellence behind what was displayed was um, was fantastic. Can't say enough about how great the show was. He's like, I watched, I've watched Game of Thrones. I've watched uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I've watched Flash. <laughs> uh, relax, relax. <laughs> I watched yeah. the Flash season four. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this, I mean, I agree, man. I mean, this uh, whole season was fantastic. The finale was fantastic. Um, a lot of very touching moments uh, in the finale. Um, a lot of just great writing. Um, I love that scene with with uh, Angela and Hooded Justice at the theater. And you see yes. him just sitting in the theater, the yeah. kids are there, and you know he's just like, "He was a nice man. He could have done more, though." Mm. And it's like, "Yeah, he could have done more." Yeah, you know, like you know, what can you say? Yeah, you know, um, that's kind of the thing with with Doctor Manhattan is he's so um, kind of seemingly yeah. apathetic. Yeah, you know about everything that's going on and and and. Um, uh, you know, I love the cliffhanger at the end where it's like, does she have the powers? Does she not have the powers? Yeah, I forget. That's, that was crazy. And it's just, oh. I don't think she does. I think she's going to fall in the water. I think Lindelof, I think, I'm Lindelof hearing that, I'm hearing that Lindelof it, right? said she did. Yeah. She does have the powers, I heard um, that he right, said. Yeah, I think he did say that. Um, which, I mean, him saying stuff like that kind of almost implies that he kind of isn't planning on doing a second season. Um, but. I mean, right. look, me being selfish and loving Watchmen, loving this content, I just want a second They're season. They're going to do a second season. I want a second season. Just like I will, Joker. I will. It's too much know, money. Yeah it's, yeah, it's so much money. You know, if people start leaving HBO, they'll be like, please, Lindelof, All right. do a second season. We'll give you this amount of money, and he'll end up having to do a second season. You know, but, um, but yeah, I, I loved, loved, loved uh, this first season, and uh, I really hope we get another one. Yeah, I mean, so many uh, great moments to take from, and so many of the different themes they touched on. Um, to me, while disturbing, I mean, the idea that, like, you know, Joe Keen Jr. would, you know, gather around all these, you know, old folk to sit around and watch the destruction of Dr. Manhattan and how yeah. much that that uh, that embodied what lynchings were mm-hmm. like in yeah. in those days of the 19, early 20th century, late uh 19th century where 
families would have picnics and stuff where lynchings would happen. Um, the reveal of what has been happening with Ozzy Mandy is, you know, and the idea that he has been with us literally the entire time, and it's it goes back to the theme of you know things being right in front of your face without you really knowing which, it. Which shout out to all those people on Reddit that called that. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that statue that we all thought was just a weird statue that no one really could decide what was Yeah, some people were it. like, that's just Ozzy, that's definitely Ozzy Mandy, it's just right there. I was like, that's just, that's I don't know crazy. That. <laughs> and, and then you find out how he got off the, uh, the planet and it was Lady yeah. True who did finally save him. Yeah, I yeah. will say that that, if there was any, this isn't even a negative, it's not Lindelof's fault, probably my fault even more so, but just like, if there's any like, thing that I was like kind of I was it didn't hurt the show but it was just like unfortunate it was just like I again I read a lot of rumors and theories and you know speculation on what could happen throughout the season people piecing their their, their heads together and a lot of the stuff happened you know what I mean like and again there's a lot of there was a lot but of I wild mean, theories that didn't though like I think a lot of it happened because the tea leaves were laid out very well yeah the tea leaves were laid out you know like it was intentional for you to find out but like you know like some of the stuff like you know lady true being what you call his daughter i was like oh all right you know figures you know and you know vite being the statues like all right figures you know uh the thing where it says save me and it says save me daughter like i'm like oh yeah figures you know but there's just but there's still little nuances that make it great like, no it's still great idea, yeah like the idea that like Vite was like you know you're not my daughter like yeah you may have my dna but i'll never call you daughter right that's not how i said he had to happened. go <laughs> and 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 for and then the idea that like the only way he thought he could reach out was to to make that message that said save me daughter i was like wow that's great writing yeah like, that's and he's that's smart enough to know it's the only writing. way she's gonna bring him back yeah, like, like you know, so even the things that, you know, and, like, why he was there like that. Right. <laughs> like, like, yes, even people could say, oh, yeah, like, like, how is he a statue? Yeah. Like that, and why he was there like that. And you realize, oh, it's because they just brought him from out of space and he was in this weird encasing that helped him uh, survive the travel from Europa to Earth. Like, And that's the thing about this show. Like... Like the Will 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 Reeves being Hooded Justice, like doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. But the way they revealed that was incredible, exactly. and everything that they reveal, they reveal in a way that is grandiose and spectacular. Unlike a certain Star Wars movie made by a David Lindelof, Damon Lindelof uh, mentor, <laughs> and um, no disrespect to J.J. Abrams. And another thing that. Well, this is one thing that I didn't quite understand that Lindelof actually had to just go out and go ahead and confirm in an interview because um, it wasn't meant to be confusing. I was still wondering, even in the end, I was like, so what was that thing that she, because she bought the land from those people in the fourth episode? Oh, yeah. And so that was. That was Vite. Yeah, that was Vite's statue. That was Vite's. She knew yeah, that that's that where, that, 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 she knew that was where Vite was going to yeah, land. Yeah, that was Vite's ship. She knew where that, that was where he was going to land. I didn't know. I was like, so what yeah. was that thing that she, cause oh, she bought the land? I didn't, I didn't and I didn't know that, what yeah. that was. I was yeah. I was expecting that to be some kind of big, you know, connection. Yeah. And Dolendorf's like, that wasn't meant to be confusing. That was supposed, that yeah. was Vite's ship that landed. So he kind of ended that. Right. But that was one thing I was like, yeah, And was that's that? one of those things where, like, I think if you rewatch the show. Yeah, if you rewatch the show, you'll you're gonna be, like, be like, oh, oh that's that probably like. Be, 
Which is just like the yeah. which is just like the experience of reading the comic reading the book. Exactly. You read well, you yeah, rewatch it, you true. reread it, you go, like, Oh, I missed this the whole time. I didn't know what was happening. Right. You yeah. know, and then you you know, that's like again, I've said this in our it feels like our past like two or three reviews, but like you watch you watch earlier episodes, you're gonna be like every scene is gonna be like, What? Yeah. Like, how did I miss this the whole time? You know, like, Lindelof is, you know, screaming in our faces, this guy is this guy, or this guy is evil, this guy, yep. and we don't see it, you know, and, I mean, I was I was surprised that Lady True was evil, I'll be honest, um, I thought that she had, I, I, you know, I thought she, she had good intentions, but, um, well, that's the thing, so, we say she's evil, I think that's kind of like, I don't, to be honest, I think, from a certain yeah, point of view, of course. She, I think, arguably, so yeah, she's an antagonist. Yeah, she's an antagonist. But like, right. And like, even Will said, like, yeah, we worked. Me and Matt worked with her. Like, that was kind of like the bad part of this thing because she's crazy. But like, I mean, her whole idea was that like, like Will even agrees that Doctor Manhattan is kind of like not all he can be. Clearly, he says that, and that he could do so much. And and the cavalry see his power and say, we can actually do evil. Like that is what we want to do. And true, her whole thing is like think of the greatness, the great things I can do with his power because he won't do it. Like he's allowing for our, you know, earth to be on fire and for climate change and for you know disease and things like that. Think of what I can do if I became this person. And like on the surface, that's very admirable. Now, obviously, to kill a bunch of people, yeah, she went about it, kill Doctor Manhattan, yeah, in order to, yeah, she went about it. Was definitely like, I mean, now she killed a bunch of you know terrible people. She killed you know the cavalry leadership, right. the cyclops. But like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the cyclops leadership. So it's like, you know, that's kind of a gray area of justice, I guess. But, um, but that's what's great about the show is that like, yeah, she becomes an antagonist, but like, and and invite having the decision to be like, she's got to go because anybody who thinks that they're they're worthy of the power of a god is a crazy narcissist and it takes one to know one because he's that kind of person and it's like that person cannot they have to be stopped they cannot have that kind of power so um and then i i even love to call back to the squid like him like using that and the idea that like he had once used a squid to um to 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 create a crazy kind of event that's you know of course littered with controversy and conspiracy and that it kind of this uh, second event, of course, had to end in a squid attack. It kind of became inevitable. It kind of seems obvious in hindsight, but it's crazy how like when we were introduced to how the squid were being used in the first episode, no one thought that they were going to be the reason that stops whatever the big uh, climax scene is. But it turned out it ended with a squid attack <laughs> from Vite. Like it's, it's, it's whoever thought like that would have ended up being how it is now. It seems so so fitting. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. There's so many callbacks. So many things. Um, I think one of the reasons I wanted another season is I want to see uh, Night Owl. I feel like he's one of the. Yeah. He's a huge omission. Some people think you know um, when season to... two will will involve Vite and Night Owl interacting in prison. Prison, you're right. I mean that's that's one thing that you know if I had to say oh what did this season miss out on I want to get Night Owl in the story. Yeah, you know, I mean, what about people that wanted to see Night Owl? I mean, they just—they're not going to get that ever. Plenty of fan castings out there. I want, <laughs> you know, 
J.K. Simmons to play Night Owl. I want, <laughs> you know, Bruce, Bruce Willis. I've seen all these names. Hey. Man. Yeah. That's funny. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> He's aiming a little high, I think. But. Yeah, HBO got money by me. I don't even know. They got Bruce Willis money. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a bag. <laughs> For multiple episodes of a TV show? Yeah. I, mean, I, I was going to say, I mean, they have James McAvoy money, apparently. Yes. He's in he's in his dark materials. Though I would argue he's not in that many episodes because he was all over the pr- promotion. I'm like, wow, so James McAvoy's just in this show. Um, but he's 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 in the first few episodes and then he kind of disappears for a long time. Yeah, so. Lindelof actually, when speaking to Collider, he spoke a little bit by why Night Owl didn't make the cut for this one. He said, uh, um, he said it makes it clear it wasn't an easy decision as some fans may think. He was like. Oh my God! Yes, I would say that we committed. It's hard to quantify uh, hours, but if someone said that we kicked around that possibility of forty overall hours of time, that would feel a little low to me. But one of the things that we are consistent, constantly trying to solve for was the ratio between old and new. And I felt very strongly that Laurie needed to be in the show, and I felt very strongly that Manhattan needed to be in the show. And I felt very strongly that Vite needed to be in the show, and we knew that the central character other show was Hooded Justice and his granddaughter. It felt like we, if we added Dan into the mix, that balance tipped too too much towards the old and not enough towards the new. But we did, did discuss multiple versions of what it would look like for him to appear. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, I think it's fair. Uh, I, I It's a little strange that he feels so strongly that like those characters needed to be in it, but not Night Owl. But... Um, I, I mean the why. story that he the story that he wrote, he's right. Yeah, like for his story, like yeah, I guess Laurie Blake had to be like it. to me. Laurie Laurie is the only one that you can kind of hedge on whether or not. Like to me, like it seems like the way he kind of worded that he was arguing Laurie or Night Owl. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And based on what they did, Jeez, I think they chose. I think they chose. I think they chose right. I think her connection to Doctor Manhattan. I think her. Her dis- what they created was a disdain for the current state of police and the situation in Tulsa with the mask and stuff. Like, all that stuff matters. And I don't know what you would have wrote for Night Owl that would have made sense given, like, his character arc. But Laurie's character arc and where she become, where who she becomes by the time we get to this makes perfect sense. And it makes sense to want to put that character in plus, this environment. Plus, you need more female characters in general. And that's a very good point too. If you do Night Owl, then yeah. then like just Light, Doctor Manhattan, Night Owl, right. Little Justice, and then you can have Lady True and what should we call it, of course. And like how how great was it to have like you know uh, the interactions between Laurie and and uh, Angela and Laurie and uh, Cal, like and how that seemed weird and we understand why she had this thing for him, like little things that just definitely elevated some of these interactions i, I you know what i'm not saying you, you absolutely couldn't have done this story without it but like i think that i mean laurie was a great aspect of this show gene smart was fantastic uh the whole cast is just incredible just it's stupid how great the cast uh, uh portrayed all these characters but i feel bad because i love night owl too and i would love to have seen him but i do get the idea that um to a certain degree, like if you're gonna do the, the old Watchmen, why don't you just do the old Watchmen? Like if you're gonna do something new, you probably should 
move on from certain characters. And I do agree with you guys. I think you make a good point that if he did do a second season, he definitely left the the door open for because you know it looks like uh, Vite and is going to the same place where Night Owl is. He's going to be underneath the jail. So it seems like they made a perfect spot for them to introduce Night Owl again. Yeah. Now, are there, is there anything that they left open? Is there anything about the story that, because we talked about for weeks, there's a lot going on. Are they going to be able to wrap everything up in one episode? And they wrapped a lot up. Was there every, I mean, was everything they, explained? I mean, to be honest, the only thing, I mean, you made it, you guys made a good point about the, the building thing. I didn't, I, I totally forgot about that. And that's a good, that's a Which great one? point. The whole, her, uh, true buying the home. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, the only one they, they, that people have discussed is that weird scene with, with the guy who went into the sewer. The oh, lube man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one and, thing they didn't. Now, apparently they kind of, they, in yeah, the they PDP, PD, 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 uh, that is PD, that <laughs> it is PD. Right. More or less. Um, which is funny. Uh, that's where most the, people. The FBI agent that was, uh, you yeah. know, like uh, with, Lori's yeah. partner or whatever you want to call their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they never. Really, the like, only it, one thing that you brought up, BJ, quite a few times this season that they never really uh, explained was. Um, Angela's son. Not that, but that's something. That's something else that could be. Yeah, I'm so curious. I guess maybe like those things weren't. I guess maybe they like that was just an advanced technology. That's what people are. That's what people are saying. Yeah, I'm a little annoyed by that. I kind of was excited the idea that maybe he had powers. Um, They're in a world with people superpowers. Why not have a kid that has powers? But whatever. The other thing though was, what about Hooded Justice being hundred and whatever years old and like being able to walk and like. Oh yeah, grab That's like hard-boiled eggs, boiling water and stuff, and like he was doing weird stuff. To yeah, assume that he was—he was a hero, man. He had the—he had those comedian genes where you just like—that's the thing. Borderline super soldier. That's what you have to assume, I would imagine. Yeah, I—I—I I, I, I thought about that too. I was waiting for there to be some kind of thing. I mean. Like I said, the question, like when when you see that he gets in line with Manhattan, you think, oh, well, maybe this is how. But yeah, you realize, maybe Manhattan like, helps him. He, well. I mean, but he opens the door for Manhattan, and you know, at that point, he's still really old. Yeah, he's still yeah. He would like if that's, if that's ten, 10 years ago. Yeah, like ninety five. Yeah, he's like ninety five, and he's still able to open the door and is walking around and stuff. Like he didn't, he didn't seem less frail than he is now. Living on his own, <laughs> then living on his own. Living quite large, it seems like, uh, thanks to uh, what's the name? Minuteman, Metropolis, Metropolis, yeah, Captain Metropolis. But yeah, that was that was something I think that they did kind of leave on the, they left that out on the field. I do think it's, some people have thrown out the idea of maybe it was Im- some sort of poetry and imagery that you know he uses the wheelchair as a different type of mask to mask his. You know, to make him feel like he made him look like he's some frail old man, but he's really not. Oh, that I 100% is true. I'm just figuring out why is he not a frail old man? Yeah, yeah just in, literally in terms of the show. Like, why? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I totally think that, like, he's using it as his mask for sure. Right. Uh, but, but I, I don't, I don't get why he can walk and do normal things. I mean, again, he's really old. 
Like Shamari said, he's a superhero, but superhero. But I mean, he's not super powered, <laughs> from what we understand. Yeah, he's just like he's just a guy. But as you guys, Shamari said, comedian was by he's just a guy, you know, yep. who's just really strong and like you know. So, um, a lot yeah. of questions. Yeah, I mean, comedian so, was. I mean, he fought in in. Uh, I mean, he was with the Minutemen. Yes, exactly. And he was yeah. still huge, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the regular. Watchmen still huge, still uh, you know fighting on par with Vite until Vite threw him out the window. Right. I mean, I mean it's crazy stuff. Well, man, I love this show. This was this was a true, true um, masterpiece. I mean, that's and that's not a word that should be thrown out um, for any reason. Yeah. Like this was this was special. Alan Moore doesn't really uh, vibe with this show, right? From what I understand, he doesn't vibe with anything. He doesn't vibe, yeah. He, like, I think Shamari was talking about it before. Maybe it was, I thought it was Shamari, I'm not yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah. He, like, he, he just yeah. doesn't vibe with anything because of, he feels like he's been lied to by DC and with about what, what rights they have to do Watchmen and how he he had the idea that anything that he that was done with Watchmen, he had to do. Which is clearly obviously not the case because we've got a movie and a TV show that he had no input on. <laughs> and Doomsday um, Clock. And Doomsday Clock, yes. Uh, so that's his beef. So he just, so he, 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 he's grown to hate this property because he feels in some ways his property has been stolen. We just said, it's sad because I don't, I never, I haven't seen Doomsday Clock, so I can't speak to whether or not he would like that. But I would assume that he would love this, this show, but I guess he just can because of the circumstances. But this show is incredible. And I think it definitely is a true homage to what he did with the, uh, with the um, with the first original graphic novel, you know, massive shout out to Alan Moore and David Gibbons, Dave Gibbons, because oh yeah, we wouldn't have been here without them. So you know, I was sometimes I feel like the original writers never get the kind of love that they deserve, and Damon's getting a bunch he deserves it, but we gotta give a massive, massive, massive shout out to those two gentlemen for allowing this thing to even be possible because of the crazy thing that they created, um, pretty much. Three decades ago. So, and that's a good place to wrap the show, guys, this week. So, I want to thank you all for listening to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Of course, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is our last podcast for, uh, likely our last podcast. I mean, there's a couple of days left. I don't think, I don't know if we'll get a podcast in before the new year. So, this very well could be the last podcast for 2019. So I want to thank you guys for listening to us for the whole year, man. It's been a great ride. We've had some amazing shows. Um, if you listen to watch our YouTube channel, also check it out, New Generation Media on YouTube. It's been a great uh, year for the YouTube channel as well. We've, saw, we've seen great growth. We have so much more exciting stuff planned. I mean, just even up to today before I did this show, planning stuff for 2020. That's going to be super, super awesome. And uh, I'm really excited. But I don't want to you know, look completely forward about thanking you guys for riding with us this year and years past of course and uh, we're going to keep giving you great stuff again follow us on uh, uh, on various podcast um, um, places iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher and TuneIn is where you can find us um, New Generation Podcast Network, YouTube New Generation Media, social media at New Generation uh, Pod on Twitter, New Generation Podcasts on Instagram, plural with an S at the end uh, Shamari's on Snapchat and Instagram, MTSham22. 
I'm on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys again for listening in. Have a happy new year. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.